Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Get the Hillman Morning Show on demand. Podcasts and more are always online and on your schedule at waaf.com. That's another thing with this generation, how strong like this social media connection can be. Like, well, people have relationships that are just social media. That's their relationship. That's yeah. their that's their soulmate is somebody on social media that they've never met. Remember yes. back when people used to have to lie if they had met someone on Match or online? People like, oh, how'd you, oh, you guys have been dating for six months. How'd you meet? They'd be like, uh, a friend set us up. Yeah, like you, <laughs> yeah. it was just embarrassing to tell, say that you met online. Now it's completely different. But yeah. I'm sure you could agree, Danielle. Like if you're texting someone every day, right, multiple times a day, yeah. you can really start to develop. Sure, feelings. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like right. you, because you, you're. It's like you're talking to someone, right? And, and you know, you're sharing secrets and you know, vulnerable information. And I mean, yeah, you know, you know. You know. You know. Um, <laughs> if you a, could start te- te- texting Stiz back more. Well, Stiz has sent Danielle sixty thousand text messages <laughs> this morning. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, all right. Well, that's Stanley's poll question. It's up on our Twitter feed at WAAF. That's right. Should the conviction now that you have watched? or maybe you will watch this weekend, the HBO documentary on this landmark case here in Massachusetts, the Michelle Carter case, and the documentary is called I Love You, Now Die. Now that you've seen that, do you believe that the conviction of Michelle Carter should be overturned? And you can share your opinion when you go to our Twitter feed, at WAAF. It's on our Uh, Instagram as well, and it will be on our Facebook in 30 seconds. All right. I was just curious, Greg, what you thought about Michelle Carter's dis- parents' decision not to be involved with the film. I think that's weird. You thought it was um, weird? Well, I, first of all, they don't ever see, you never see them saying anything in the, yeah. in the documentary. Well, I they was, chose I, not to be a part of it at all. Yeah, but, yeah. but even like speaking to reporters or, or anything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. How, like, what would, I guess they wanted, maybe they wanted to keep, uh, keep it private or they were worried about affecting her her potential appeal or something like that. Yeah, maybe I, that's, that's what it. I think. Maybe they were yeah. advised not to say anything. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. Somebody is a 978 texter says, my mind is blown with what you are saying on this case. Is. Well, I mean, I just, I, I know mental, um, you know, I'm just familiar with mental health issues and I just don't understand how you could watch part two of that documentary. So when know, he was and, in the car, um, and he was killing himself yeah. um, with carbon monoxide, and she knew that. Yeah. The, does she not have an obligation to alert the of authorities? Of course. That- does a normal person have an obligation to do this? But yeah. the key word is normal. We the are normal. not dealing right. with yeah. a normal girl, huh. and we are yeah. not dealing with normal circumstances. We are okay. dealing with circumstances that have been built up and just this, this you know, pented up stuff for years. What yeah. it was, it, it was a two-year relationship. Right. This kid was suicidal from the get. Well, he tried to commit suicide four, four times. times. And the mother saying in the documentary, "I didn't know my kid was suicidal." Right. That's he tried just... to commit suicide four times. Yes. Conrad tells Sarah or uh, Michelle that you know the mother walked in and saw his screen 
where he had uh, you Ways know how to, to commit, commit suicide, suicide on yes, there. Yes. So yes. I don't know. Something's yeah. up with that mom too. Yeah. Well, yeah. plus it's I also you, you know I think one of the important distinctions in this case is um, you know obligation, moral versus legal. Right. That's it. Right. Yeah. You have a moral obligation if you know somebody's going to harm themselves. You have mm-hmm. a moral obligation to alert. Yeah. Their family, their, yeah. Their, if somebody's their, life their, is in jeopardy, yeah. Right. yeah. But is it a legal obligation? Right. right. Shu tells me to jump off a bridge every day. I mean, I, well, I, sheesh. Not in those exact words. Kind <laughs> of. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting. Thank you, Stanley Stiz Grimey. Thank you, Greg. I got to give away these tickets to Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey. What's going on? I watched. I watched the show last night too. I watched both episodes. What Did about you? all the lies she had? She lied about everything when she knew when he was dead. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that's the thing is that that's why this it's so compelling because you can look at it both ways and it's very difficult to make a determination. I mean, uh, you know, you look at her trying to get attention and the the uh, the charity softball game that she organized um, in his name. But she did it in her own town, Mm -hmm. not in his town. Right. And people were saying, listen, why are you doing why are you doing this in your own town when everybody who knew him is from Mattapoiset? Yeah. Not not from Plainville. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So um, but anyway, listen. You got yourself tickets to go to KnotFest, and I want to thank you for listening. You're going to be participating in the WAF Summer Tour 2019, and um, enjoy the show. What do you do, Dave? I built cabinets. You built cabinets. All right. Awesome. Work, kid. All right. Well, Dave, yeah. thank you. Thank you very much. And I got another pair of tickets to give away this hour. As the summer tour rolls on here at your concert station, WAAF, it's 8.05, and this is WAAF-FM and HD1, Westboro, Boston, WEEI, HD2, Lawrence, and WWBX, HD2, here in Boston. And now, it's your turn to talk as the Hillman Morning Show presents Hill Mail. Oh, oh, the Sportsman song. Quick, texting all the mistakes that LB makes. On WAAF. <laughs> all right. Today's Hillmail voicemail messages are brought to you by East Coast Metal Roofing. Reach out to them today and find out about their Beat the Heat summer program. You are going to save 10% off a brand new metal roof, and it's the last roof you will ever have to put on your home. EastCoastMetalRoofing.com. That's EastCoastMetalRoofing.com. And uh, real quick, before we play your Hillmail voicemail messages, Steve has some information on... The parents of Michelle Carter and the HBO documentary. And let me just get Steve here. Hey, Steve. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Well, you know, I was thinking about that show there for the um, I Love You Now Die. Yes. Well, her parents, you know, they're not going to participate in the show because they know the show is going to twist what they say into supporting whatever they, you know, they're trying, the message they're trying to, to provide, right? Right. They know how the, the press really is. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm. I guess I'm not surprised that his parents did it, but I don't think they come off very well in it, okay. as 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 Diz said. So, obscure reference. I believe that this is fact. It's been proven, and it's an it's a uh, earmoth obscure reference. Oh, <laughs> reference. Is it an earmoth Friday? Remind me. Yes, again. it is. Okay. Obscure reference, I believe that Phil Collins. Oh, no, no you're going to bring this up. You're going to bring this up. I believe he's. 
going to get in trouble. I believe he once saw a man mm-hmm. drowning. And he did not lend a hand. If I remember, yeah. am I am I right about that? That's they, so, so it goes. They put the spotlight right on the guy. He was right in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, <laughs> they are the only one virtually spinning a drumstick in their hand. Oh yeah. Right. yeah. No, you're not. You're not doing it. Here we go. There it is. All right, I'm ending. I'm ending my. I'm ending my Instagram live, and I'm ending that Phil Collins ear moth, and that is Danielle's birthday drum solo. Thank you. All right, nailed I it. I hope. I hope that worked. Yeah, you did. I All hope right? that worked for you. Now, for your listening pleasure, the very best Hillmail voicemail messages that have been left over the previous 24 hours. Thursday, 11:52 a.m. Hey, did you guys hear that hilarious video of Baz freaking out at the bagel shop? End of message. <laughs> guy! What do you mean, Guy? Also vertically challenged, yeah. our former producer, Anthony Spaz Parcielli. Thursday, 7.32 p.m. Hey, I think I pulled a Greg Hill out on the boat today. Hit a big wave and my freaking leg nailed against the boat. Oh. Jeez, Greg, my leg is really swollen right now. I don't know what I'm going to do up here in Maine the way life should be. All right. <laughs> End of message. Huh. I can't tell if he was telling the truth. Yeah, I guess he was telling the truth. Confused. Nothing worse than a rogue wave nope. on Lake Winnie. Hits you from out of the blue. 4, 18 a.m. What? What? I need you to man up, okay? Man up and give me my $100, because that's... That's what the bet was, right? It was a hundred dollars, man up. End of message. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't remember the bet, Ron. Man up. Yeah, Ron's got to let it go. He does. Yeah. No, he's. I. I don't remember a bet. Four fifty-nine a.m. Hey, I'll be the Randall Ding Friday. I will like one. I said yoga pants for guys. I think I call them brogas. They come with very flamboyant collars and stuff like that. I think it's a bag of cash idea, kid. End of message. LB's already talked about the Brogas. They're, they're on their way yeah. from China. Right. China. Um, you got to get the DHL Express. Matching hoodies. Oh. Uh, are, are they logoed with like the number 34 or no. like a... Uh, like Any a, typos? Did, 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 we che- did we check the proof? Well, I was, thinking about, uh, I was thinking about putting like Broga in like, you know, straight lettering on the, at the top of the back of the yeah. bottoms. Okay. But mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? It's a fashion statement. Everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna know. Mm-hmm. Five forty a.m. Greg, I have a hill man collection. I am not bringing my bicycle to the studio. I am taking it on on the commuter rail. See you soon. Happy birthday, Daniel. Thank you very End much. End of message. Again. <laughs> five fifty-five a.m. Happy birthday to my beautiful, sassy FWB. Let me know what I can make you for dinner tonight, beautiful. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. End of message. Now, um, how does it work in a friends with benefits relationship? Do you get a birthday present from FWB? And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being creepy here. 
I mean, um, I guess his birthday gift was a Melfog, so I probably expect <laughs> the same thing. Well, happy birthday. No, no, you don't. Happy birthday. Was it the Gluck Gluck 9000 or the Gluck Gluck, or is it, or is it the Gluck Gluck 3000? There, I have my own set of We've upgraded to the Gluck Gluck X. Oh, nice. I don't know if you saw that, you know, we have the big, it's like Apple does their big uh, developers, you know, uh, announcements. So that's the Gluck Gluck has their own one scheduled for the X. you probably don't. You probably don't exchange birthday presents because then you might catch the feels. Now you don't do relationshipy things. Okay, yeah. It's just it's just it's FW. Yeah, the, just, the bees don't extend to like you know gifts and celebrations and yeah. birthdays and yeah. crap. Like and you that. don't waste a birthday night on FWB. I mean, you would no. wait, like maybe. I mean, it wouldn't be a waste, but it's just was, not. Yeah. It's not no, like no, I, yeah. hey, what? So when am I going to see you for your birthday? Right. Maybe exactly. later when she gets home. <laughs> yeah. She'll make, like, the, make the call. Like, yeah, wait till exactly my mother pulls up. Whose truck is that? Let me t- I got a question for you. I drove by the house yesterday. I saw some truck around the corner. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they were visiting the neighbor. She's like, you don't have some guy at the house, do you? What are you doing? I heard, Franny heard you talking about some guy on the radio, and she just texted me. Who's this guy you're talking about? Oh, you can't. Ex- I have met him. You can't explain the friends with benefits part. To your mom. Oh, she she knows. She, oh, she oh, knows. Yeah. Your mom but, does that. Your mom doesn't have an FWB, does she? Mom has a boyfriend. Oh, she uh, was right. Hello. Live <laughs> she, long and she, prosper. She, she, I, she was is. she was Danielle's mom's <laughs> FWB. Yeah. yeah, but we're Trekkies, so there's no sex. You just watch old. You just watch old episodes. We watch original series. <laughs> when when FWB comes up in conversation, you know, usually there'll be a two or three minute lag, and then my mother, you know, then she'll ask if you know I've spoken to like Stedman or anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she'll be like, "So you're not, you know, you're not. I mean, you're not upset that you never had kids that got married. I mean, I'm 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 fine either way. I just, you know, I, you know, I worry that you're never going to have what we have because it's, you know, I love, you know, I love, you know, we have such a good relationship. Well. Now. She wants a grandchild. Huh. I, I mean, no, my I, mother's too, my mother's seventy two. Uh, she doesn't want a grandchild. She doesn't. Yeah, I she's like she you does. know. She goes. I mean, well, you know, when, when we were talking about the um, the uh, the sperm donor stuff ages ago, like she's oh, like, geez. you weren't serious about that, were you? She's <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I'll help you as much as I can, but I gotta. T- I don't feel like I used to. <laughs> is, is is Mama still active? Oh yeah, she's At active. Seventy two. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What do you nice. mean by active? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's all over the place. Yeah. Let's not Is put a, a qualifier yeah, before yes, that or anything yes. like that. Yeah. <laughs> 10 a.m. Hey, Greg. Robert Kraft here. Greg, I'd like to wish my FWB <laughs> a very happy birthday. I've been with you since the beginning. Thank you, Greg. End of message. Thank you, Mr. Kraft. Mr. Kraft. Mr. Kraft. <laughs> 6.22 a.m. Hi, Danielle. Thank you very much. I'm going to tell you, if anybody has a used Mercury or something, or a Crown Victoria that they want to offload, <laughs> Kathy could use a vehicle to drive to Karaoke and over at the Fantasy Island with Ray. Hi, Ray. How are you? All right. Well, thank you for participating in today's Hill Mail voicemail segment. It is 818. This is Steve. Hey, Steve. You know, what is it with, why is everybody picking on Michelle Carter? I mean, she's only 16 years old. I, I leave her alone. I I say. 
I mean, I got to tell you something. It is an ear moth Friday, but I don't know if you can. I mean, can you bait? Are you allowed to bait me? Yeah. Are you allowed to bait me on ear moss? I don't. I don't. I don't know about that. I'm just. I'm just sad that you know, especially in a case like this, uh, that we don't have the capacity to show the music video that goes along because sometimes it eclipses the fabulousness. Of the actual song itself. Uh, uh, yes. Especially when well, there are magic carpets. Are, are it has been called the creepiest song, one of the creepiest songs in the history of creepy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, we have to get to the how creepy is it story from um, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, this is and weird. We'll, um, you want to, you want to, I mean, okay. I will, I promise you an ear moth. Yeah, I promise there's sure. one coming, but um, the... There's a woman in Manchester by the Sea. Where all the children died in the fire. Uh, what, you've had time to who, watch the movie. Uh, yeah. Who <laughs> apparently um, found a man in her home who was not invited to be there who was dressed as a pirate. Ooh. Um, and uh, clutching hey. a small dog. <laughs> what? That's a very important part of this. Yeah. Um. Police got a call about a break-in at a home on Raymond Street in Manchester by the Sea. The homeowner said she had fallen asleep on the couch, and she woke up to find 79-year-old Herbert Gleason standing over her in full pirate garb. When she screamed, he fled the home. Uh, police officers were notified he was allegedly driving a 2002 Dodge Ram. They found him driving in Gloucester. I believe he lives in Gloucester. And they placed him under arrest after determining he was driving with a revoked license. When he was found, police say he was wearing a black bandana, (laughs) a black button-up shirt, (laughs) black pants, a brown leather belt, fashion faux pas, with a gold chain... Uh, with gold chain pendants intertwined in the braiding of the belt, and he was not wearing shoes. Well, no pirate wears shoes. Everybody knows. Uh, Obscure reference. Uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. Oh, uh, Brad. Oh, Brad Hamilton, <laughs> why are you taking your uniform <laughs> off? <laughs> what was the name of that place that he worked at? Oh, where he it was like wear... Pirate Bob's or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, he had to wear and it, and uh, LB was Nancy Wilson, I believe, in a Camaro laughing at yes. him. At the traffic light. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's when he threw the hat and the yep. food out the threw window. The food out the window. <laughs> yep. Yep. Guy was probably like working a shift at some seafood place in Manchester <laughs> right. by the sea. Had a few after as, work. As yeah, as right. He ended up going into the wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's at Long John Silver's. He was at the Lobster Trap. He was at the Lobster Shack in Manchester <laughs> by the Sea. He was at some sort of a seafood themed place. So what happened? Was he? Is he like? Did they throw him in the? Um, what, the, the brig. In the brig. Don't throw me in the brig. I just made a mistake on where I entered my home. When the woman <laughs> identified him positively as the man who had broken into her home, he was arrested on an additional charge of being e during the daytime to commit a felony and put a person in fear. Police say they do not believe the man was drunk during the incident. Huh. Huh. Huh That's is right. Off his meds. Um, Stiz. What do you, Stanley Stiz Grimey has some really important breaking news here to share or or breaking show information. I apologize, Greg, but I was uh, in the back and the phone rang and I answered it. And uh, I believe we have Conrad's uncle, Jimmy James, on the phone and he would just like to comment. He's been listening to the show. Oh. And he would just like to talk to you for a little bit. Okay. So we've been talking the last couple days, as many of you have, uh, about the HBO documentary, which is called I Love You, Now Die. And this is Stan. This is 
Conrad Conrad took his life. Yep. Um, he's the subject of the documentary along with Michelle Carter, and this is his uncle. Yep. All right. Um, let me see here. Jimmy. Hey, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks. Thank you for calling the show. Yeah, man. My um, my buddy Jeff and Stacy from Pistol Shot Gypsy, who you might remember, he actually texted me and woke me up and said, "Hey, man, you got to call Greg Hill." Um. So, um. First, first of all, how does the family feel about the documentary? I mean, um, it's tough to watch. You know, it's like having to relive the whole trial and everything. And, um, you know, and, and just to speak on the documentary, I, I spoke to Alice and one of the producers yesterday on the phone about it. And, you know, like she said, the hardest thing for her was to try to, you know, make, to keep every side, like, you know, not try to be one-sided on everything, you know? Yeah. And, um... I mean, it's just a tough situation, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's a situation that should have never happened because my whole thing, like I said, even outside the courthouse on the interview, is like, you know, as long as you're on 18, you can bully anyone to death because I believe there's two people, kind of people in this world, the kind of person that would talk you off the ledge or push you off the ledge, you know? And, um, and you guys, as a family... Oh, unfortunately, you've called on like the one bad line we have on this uh, on our phone system. That's, can, that's how my life goes. <laughs> uh, what, what, Greg? We can put him on hold for a second. I can grab his number and call yes, him back on a different yes, line. Do that. Okay. Do that. Do that, please. That might give me a moment to provide an ear moth. Mm. <laughs> um, yes. It it may it may give me an I, although I, I feel like I'm over am I overloaded on ear moss? What am I at two or three this morning? It's You're being aggressive. Done uh, any am, I, am I being aggressive, LB, with the ear moss today? Load them up, baby. <laughs> Do it. Um, let me it. let me get Jay on the phone. Yes, Jay. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Jay? So uh, I want to talk about National French Friday tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, I got a buddy. He's in a band. They're playing at a restaurant in Sutton. And the uh, restaurants are in a bunch of specials that night. Like what? Uh, they're doing like loaded fries, truffle fries, uh, loaded tater tots. They got a bunch of different things going on. What's the name of the place? Uh, it's called Blackstone National. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. That's All, right. Good. Yeah. All right. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Tomorrow is National French Fry Day. All right. Um, Stanley Stiz Grimy is getting Conrad's uncle back, and he is back now. How's how's this line? Is that better? You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay, that's much better. So the family believes that Michelle Carter is absolutely responsible for his death. Oh, I believe so. You know, I, I believe she could have saved his life, you know, instead of sitting on the phone the whole time in, you know, just to that, at this moment, you know what I mean? She could have told him to get out of the truck. But to tell someone to get back in the truck, you know, it's like, yeah. to me, that's it's the same thing as pulling a trigger. You know, it's like, I would hope, I mean, I've heard you talking about, you know, on the mental illness aspect on the show. And it's yes. like, you know, I've suffered my whole life through depression, anxiety, and I've had some really down times, you know. And it's yeah. like, I thank God I have friends that, you know, were like, you know what, you can get through this. Like, you know what? not screw it you yeah know, just end your life you know what i mean no and um i just you know it's just you know people only see what they see on the tv shows and all that you know we sat through the trial and saw every text message and it's just everything was just so wrong you know what i mean do, it, um do you believe do you believe that she did what she did for attention 
I believe she did for attention. I mean, even if you see like an HBO special, you know, she was reaching out to try to get friends with Sam Boardman and, and, and all these people. And, um, yeah, but even like with the, the softball thing, you know, like holding it in her town, you know, yeah. um, I got the softball tournament. I'm famous in this, that, and the other. It's like, it, it's, it's just all wrong. But listen, I know you don't got much time, but I want you to talk to the real source, um, Kim, my wife, Conrad, that, you know, um, Lynn's sister, and I'm, cause I, you know, I've heard some comments on the show this morning. How people, you know, were talking about my sister and all that. And you know, if you don't mind talking to my wife, she could clear up some things. You know. Yeah. When, Let me put it right on. Hold on. Oh, okay. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm all right. Um, so I, yeah, look, Jimmy was telling me, um, you know, comments some of the callers are making, and I just want to address one thing in particular. Um, the four times that he attempted suicide, they were all um, attempts for help. They weren't attempts to end his life. He he was reaching out for help, and he was reaching out to Michelle for help that final time, and she, she wasn't there for him. Um, and as, as far as, like, everything else goes with, you know, people's opinions, people have the rights to make their own comments and form their own opinions. Um, I think a lot of them are misinformed. Um, maybe they don't know the whole story. You never know what's going on in somebody's life. And I know that my sister and my family's been through a lot. And to hear negative comments and to say or suggest that maybe my sister had anything to do with that, I mean, she carries this weight every day. And it's just really hurtful to hear things like that, um, knowing that, you know, she did everything, everything she could in her power to, um, you know, only she knows the relationship which she had with the son. He was really close to my son. They both shared the same mental illness. They talked about everything. Why he never brought Michelle up to him, I have no idea. It's a mystery. We'll never know. But... Um, I just want to thank you for shedding light on the subject, especially the mental health aspect of it. And um, I think it's want your like, listeners to know. I, well, I, I think if first, they have any questions, they can reach straight to the source. Yeah. Well, I think. Listen, I, I, anybody watching um, or following the case um, has to be struck by the awful tragedy that it is for your family and 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 for both for both families. And I think it's just. You know, the way the documentary is constructed, um, you know, you, 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 you question where both of them were from a, from a, a kind of a mental situation. That's and, true. And that's the problem with these documentaries and these specials is because, you know, when they're reaching out, my sister never wanted to have anything to do with any interviews or talking to anybody. But in the end, she looked at it, well, you know, because she had a lot of strangers reaching out to her and saying, yeah. you know, my son was like this or, you know, your your son's story saved my kid's life kind of thing. So she felt obligated to do that. But, you know, with any media, anything having to do with anything like that, I mean, if you look at the 48-hour special, the Dateline, the 2020, they're all spun differently. Yeah. However, the, the director or the person making the documentary or the special wants you to hear the story, that's how they're going to tell it. So that's all I can say about and that. So, and so you absolutely believe that because she told him, and you believe that she told him to get back in the car, right? Yes. Um, because she did that, you believe that she is responsible for his suicide, even though he took his own life. Well, I'm, I don't... See, I'm a criminology student as well, so I, I study all this. And as, as far as the law goes... Um, she had a culpability to um, call for help. That was her, you know, she, that was her, she was a derelict of duty when it came to that. Um, as far as just telling somebody simply get back in the truck, maybe those are the words that sealed her coffin. But it was, to me, 
her failure to act, knowing full well what was going on, being on the phone with him, hearing him moan and take his last breaths, waiting until the phone went silent, then calling my niece an hour later, then playing it off to everybody that she had no clue what was going on. Even though... Putting on a fundraiser, trying to be the black widow. Yeah. Um, Even though she had, you know, we saw text messages where he had said previously, I'm, I'm killing myself, I'm doing it tonight, and she had begged him not to and, and told him not to? Does I mean, how do, you, how do you make that jibe when it comes to in, in your mind? Well, it's just, again, it's the context of the text. I yeah. mean, when you see him pop up on the screen the way they showed you on HBO, when you see them in, in a... Um, you know what I mean? When you see them on screen in the courtroom like word for word, verbatim, verbatim, it's different. Yeah. It speaks to you totally different. So they'll, you can throw in a thing here and throw in a thing there and make it look like whatever you want it to look like. But in reality, that's not how it went down. So you have to make it, you know, all of us watching, I think we have to make a, make a decision. And the decision is, did she intentionally do this to get attention for herself, to get sympathy for herself because she's evil? Or... Did she have the same kind of mental illness or a version of mental illness that perhaps, you know, your nephew had, Conrad? Uh, um, you're, you're I, pe- I think neither, to be honest. You, you think it's um, neither? I think either a combination of both are neither one. It's okay. not that cut and dry. Yeah. Um, I know, I mean, it's pretty evident from everything that transpired that she did do it for attention. She was desperate for friends. She knew the only way they were paying her any mind was when she was telling them about Conrad. And then when she did the fake dry run on my mother's birthday on July 3rd, pretending like he had already done it and all these people coming to her and, oh my God, yeah, she loved that. She definitely did it for that. But as far as her being evil, I don't know. It's evil. Uh, Sociopath, yeah, definitely. She just went for a psych evaluation the other night. Um, She's this, up for parole next month. I don't know. This is a this, She's this a sick girl. This is this would be a tough question, but I'm asking it out of curiosity, and and I'm I'm sure you've thought about it. Do you think that his parents bear any responsibility for what happened, or do you put all the responsibility on her? No, I. There's I don't put the responsibility completely on everybody everybody shares a bit of it i think including conrad himself um but i mean i don't think it's fair to blame the parents they blame themselves obviously any parent would yes because you feel like why didn't i I mean she was with him on the beach that day was smiling and laughing my my nieces were with him getting ice cream that afternoon my son talked to him on the phone that day nobody knew a thing so you can't blame yourself for something that didn't happen as far as him her seeing anything on a laptop screen that he may have thought that she saw it, but she, she in fact, didn't see it. My sister wears glasses, so she was looking at it from a distance. Yeah. There's no way she would ignore anything like that. Yeah. Well, um, I, feel, I feel for everybody involved in this, and I'm really glad that you guys called this morning. I think people are, you know, this uh, documentary airs like this, and... Um, the case is being talked about because of the appeal to the Supreme Court, so I think people are going to talk about it. And yeah, of course. Um, and you know what? And it's all right. It's this is our life now. Um, I, you know, I just if there's any you know misconception, I'd like to shed light on it. Um, but as far as like, I mean, I've been like I said, I'm a criminology student. I've sat in classes where this has been brought up, and this is going to be brought up for years to come. Yes, I can see this document 
documentary being aired, you know, for students to see. And it's a case that students are going to study. So, I mean, as far as that goes, you know, and everybody's entitled to their opinion, you know, just be kind. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so um, much for listening to us. And and if you hang on a moment, we'll we'll, uh, get your information in case we want to discuss this further at some point, and and you want to, all right? Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, the documentary, which obviously has everybody talking... Yep. Um, is called I Love You Now Die. Stanley's poll this morning is about whether the conviction of Michelle Carter ought to be overturned. That's right. Greg. And where are we at right now result-wise? Right now about 70% of our audience do not believe it should be overturned. They don't. Yeah. You do, though. I do. You I do. do. And, yeah. it, and it's tough to hear from the family like that. Your heart just breaks, and, and yeah. I can totally relate to wanting to find you know, an answer and wanting to find the, the reason and the cause. And, and so you can say, this is why this happened. Right. But I just don't believe it's that cut and dry. And I don't know if I can sit here and say, you know, do I think if Michelle Carter was never in Conrad's life, he would be alive today? I just don't know if I can say that. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I just yeah. don't. And, and, you know, well, that would say, be the question would, you know, if this hadn't happened or if she had stopped, let's say if she had stopped him, would he have, you know, unfortunately, would he have done, would he have found right. some other way to kill himself? It's yeah. I don't, you know, yeah, you don't, you know, and it's tough. Know. And it's, you, you know, know. Uh, for, yeah. to, 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 to try to do that four times, you yeah. know, four, like I could see once being, you know, but yeah. just four times. I well, mean, she has uh, said that he, he contemplated it. He didn't well, try. No, 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 no he did it. try it. Oh, he did. Oh, they weren't, they weren't real attempts. She said it was a cry for help. Yeah. All right. Well, it is 836. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey guys, listen up for a second. First day of camp, but something really important. Okay, we're not women's soccer. We're not the NFL. If there's anybody here that's going to be disrespectful to either the American or the Canadian national anthem, grab your gear and get the f*** out now, because you'll never see the ice in this arena. Um, we don't have that problem in hockey. We're better than that. But there was no sense in wasting anybody's time if that shit was going to happen. I don't believe it would happen here. Um, we're, the, we're the most patriotic sport that they have out there. So just keep that in mind. Thank you. That speech, which was made this week, triggered some. Uh, some were bothered by that. The man who made that speech is joining us right now at 845 on the Hillman Morning Show. And it's John Krapinski, the assistant coach of the Danbury Hat Tricks in the continent of Connecticut. And thanks for coming on the show, John. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me here. Um, hey, John. What's, the, uh, what's been the fallout? Mostly positive? Mostly negative? Uh, it's been 9,999% positive. You know, <laughs> triggered a few snowflakes here and there that are whining and upset. <laughs> but uh, you know what they can do? They can just get the... <laughs> whoa, whoa. Um, John, what made you what made you feel motivated to do that? 
Um, poor new kids on their first day of camp uh, caught me in a bad mood. Uh, you know, America had a pretty bad week uh, last week. You know, we learned that, oh, you, Betsy Ross, God, we, we can't show her flag. <laughs> and then we went to protest and kneeling. And I, I just, I, I really had enough for the weekend. I was up to here with it. And it's my job as the assistant coach to go up there and get the kids squared away, uh, get them on the ice for my, my head coach, Billy McCreary, was there. He said, you know, wake them up. We want to establish dominance in the locker room. Um, discipline wins championships. And I just thought that was a great platform to roll out. And if, hey, if anybody didn't want to do that, then get your gear and get out of here because there's no sense in wasting my time even looking at you on the ice because you'll never be here next week. <laughs> um, you know, I played a little uh, – I've played a lot of over 30 hockey myself, John. So um, what, uh, what do you think it is about the sport of hockey that, that separates it, as you said – from the NFL or, or even from women's uh, World Cup soccer? It's, it's two things. Um, the first thing is it's the type of people that we attract. Um, hockey people. Look, I have Canadians that, are, that are, probably have more civic pride and show more American patriotism <laughs> than a lot of people I've seen on uh, TV here as of lately that are Americans. The type of people that we attract are number one. Also, there's number two in hockey that's a little bit different. Can you imagine, bro, you play hockey, you get it. Can you imagine if a player knelt during a national anthem? See, we have the ability in hockey to do something that these other sports don't. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as that puck hit the ice, five guys on that other team would be pummeling that guy. So uh, <laughs> it would be short and sweet. But uh, I think that's the, the basic difference in life between hockey and these other sports where, oh, somebody bumped into me and I got to lay down and cry for 10 minutes. I got guys with half a lip saying, coach, I'm okay. Just get me on the next shift. <laughs> um, John, what, what do you say to those who might say that the most American thing that you can do is to kneel for the anthem? Because you're expressing your, 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 your freedom, your, your right to protest. Well, I think you know what I'd say to them if they were in my locker room. Um, but uh, I think you said it already, Ken. <laughs> you know, but listen, I run my life like that locker room. So it's anywhere else. Hey, you don't like it, just get. Um, yeah. <laughs> one thing that I, I, you know, yesterday on Fox, I expressed that. I'm not telling my players they don't have the right to protest. Not at all. I, I get that. Uh, my owners. We, we laughed and joked about this. They, they said, hey, Johnny, we'd give them the team bus if they wanted to go to. If they're having a protest on their time off somewhere, um, we, we'd give them the bus to go. And I would fully support any of my players, even if it was something that maybe I didn't personally support. However, yeah. I don't think it's too much to ask for an, empl- an, an employee who's being paid to show some respect for two minutes or four minutes if we play both anthem- anthems before a game. I don't think... I'm not going to. I'm not going to apologize for asking my players to be respectful during their their national anthem from their country. I think that's ridiculous. What does this world come to when we're expected to apologize for doing the right thing and respecting your flag? And anybody who doesn't like it, well, I can't say these words on the radio, but right. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, um, we're talking with John Kropinski, the assistant coach of the Danbury Hattricks who made a, a speech that went viral this week uh, to, his, uh, to his team with regard to showing support for the, for the national anthem uh, when it is played before games. And um, you mentioned your owners. 
is I, I'm guessing that they feel like this is our business and we do have the right to, in this particular case, tell our employees how we want them to act. Is 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 that kind of their their opinion of it? Absolutely. Um, as an organization, you got to remember the players. They're the people out in the forefront, but but they are a reflection upon not only the owners and the coaches. So you know, if somebody goes out and does something. It's it's my owners that would be uh, under the gun, and also myself and head coach Billy McCreary. We'd be under the gun also. Um, so the question is this: How do you want your team to portray? Look, I've been one of the most critical guys on Facebook and everywhere when all of these things have been occurring over the last few years and saying, hey, that's a coaching problem. Why is that coach allowing that? I I think I set the standard of what our organization will allow and won't allow. And and I don't think it's too much to ask that. Well, John, I'm delighted that you came on this morning. It's a really interesting topic, and it's been discussed in a bunch of different ways, certainly lately because of the, the women's soccer team, but... It'll, I'm sure we'll be back talking about it again when it when the NFL season gets underway. So um, you took a stand down there in Connecticut, and it's great to have you on the show. And uh, maybe we should come down there for a game or something. What? What? Or do you, do you get up? Do you guys uh, get on the bus and come up this way at any time, or what? Uh, we don't have any current teams in Boston. I'm going to be up doing some scouting and. And it was funny, prior to this, I'll be in Boston uh, November 16th as a keynote speaker for a police organization called the uh, Brotherhood, who's doing a fundraiser. But you guys are welcome to come down to Danbury anytime you want. All right. We, uh, we start opening our season October 26th is our first game. Uh, I would ask everybody if you're going to come to a game, no, get there early enough for the national anthem, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. All right, John. Work. Thanks for being on this morning. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. God bless America. <laughs> uh, Texter says, Hardo. Yeah. That's what kills me. That's what he's yeah. saying. Yeah. He's saying that the reaction to him acting as a normal, you know, got my, got my S together, successful U.S. citizen. Yeah. Uh, they're like, ooh, Hardo. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. So I love my country. I love my flag. I love my team. Uh, you know, I have a great family. I'm doing the right thing by my family. Yeah. I'm trying to teach, you know, teach some young kids and and set them on their way in a professional career. Yeah, what a loser. Yeah, <laughs> well, what a hardo. Somebody texted in during the interview and said nationalism is a disease. But yeah, but having but, an opinion is not, especially right, in this country, right? Because there's right. several other thousands, whatever people that'll have the opposite opinion of him. Yeah. What right. I like is that yeah. he said the main thing: he's teaching respect, right? You know, right. whether it's our national anthem, Canadian national anthem, take two minutes, yeah, and just pay a little respect. Yeah, that's all. Um, a texter says Greg will be there for the national anthem in Danbury and then leave. Uh, well, I mean, I'm probably long drive back. Probably stay for the first period. Uh, what? This, uh, this, uh, uh, this is Sam. Good morning, Sam. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys? What's, what's going on, Sam? None. Just a little two things. One, with that guy, I'm with him 100. percent You know, it's the anthem. Respect it. If you want to protest, you got plenty of time before and after that game to do it. Yep. That I just don't personally. I don't feel is the right time. 
towards our anthem or another country's anthem, to be honest with you. So I'm 100% with them. Yep. If, you don't want, if you want to nail, you might as well just get your things and see you later. And then the second thing is that I watched that documentary, and I think, honestly, after dealing with people in mental states like that, personally, I could say, yeah, she's got to be 100% as well for that. I don't think you can get her with murder, but involuntary for sure. So you would say, Michelle, you would say the conviction is correct, that Michelle Carter is guilty of involuntary manslaughter for what she did. Oh, oh yeah, by every means. I mean, one of my, personally speaking, one of my ex-girlfriends, was in a mental state like him. Yeah. And, you know, I dealt with that on a constant with her. Was, you know, that's all she wanted to do was end her life. She, she didn't feel good. She didn't feel like she was enough. Yeah. And, you know, that's an everyday battle they have to deal with. That's a mental thing that mm-hmm. if you're not dealing with that, you don't understand how they deal with it. Yeah. So, like, I can understand where he was going to her. That was his crutch in life. Yeah. And she was basically just pushing him right off the edge, so to say. Well, it is, it's a really, really interesting topic. And it's Danielle's birthday today. Yeah, it is. And one of her BFFs has called the show this morning. Oh. Uh, news Smoke, Jessica Reyes. Yes. What's up, girl? <laughs> Good morning. Happy birthday. Thanks, anybody. What's up, News Smoke? Oh, not much. How are you guys? We're great. Awesome. Did you, did you, yeah. co- did you by chance cover the Michelle Carter trial? I did indeed. I was there uh, for every day of the trial. Um, did you watch the documentary? I did. What do you think? I thought that the documentary did a very, very good job in basically telling the trial and the whole story um, between the two of them and of the case in a very um, accurate and true-to-life way. Yeah. Um, you know, of all of the, you know, it had even stuff that we didn't see in court, it had. Yeah. Um, but it was very, very well done. Um, but the whole case itself, I mean, it's just, I was texting Danielle about it this morning because I, you know, after covering it, I've thought so much about it and it's, it's so fascinating and it's so hard to, to, you know, understand, you know, which one way or the other, should she be guilty or should she not be? It really, I mean, I think I went into it thinking that she was a horrible human being, had evil intent and, uh, you know, should be, should be in jail. And I think after watching episode one, I thought that. I think after watching the second episode, I was conflicted because um, I, I think they both bear responsibility for what happened. But I don't know that that I can say personally that she bears more. I mean, I think she's her actions are despicable. Yeah. But I don't know that that's I, that's not always a crime. You know, you, you know, the, as Dan, Danielle said earlier, there's a difference between what is moral and what is illegal you know and and i don't know so it's it i think when when you were doing when you guys were doing covering the trial were you able to access all of the text messages i mean i think that's something that i would like to do is to be able to look at all of the text messages i mean there's so many yes yes there's so many um there was a you know they showed us in court and then there was a clerk you know after um the day is finished you go and you can get all the exhibits and um, and there were quite a few of them. I mean, there were there were too many to go through, but um, but I mean, they were the text messages were they weren't really indicative of a real relationship between two people. I mean, it was between two. I mean, seemingly sick kids. Yeah. But um, but the documentary, um, what you just said, you know, I went into the trial feeling like she should go to jail. She was guilty. Yeah. 
Well, the documentary did a great job of chronicling the trial itself because once the trial was done, I felt exactly how you felt, conflicted. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. But That's, By the uh, way, several texters want to know when you're going to be back on television as a news smoke. Oh, well, we'll find out. <laughs> well, they miss you. Is yeah. it nice to know uh, that? Well, I miss them, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you yeah. do, are you and Danielle doing anything special for the birthday? Are you guys going to have like a ladies who lunch kind of thing or some uh, rosé all day or frosé all day or what? Like, what's the plan? <laughs> That's up to the birthday girl. What do you want to do? Yeah, we got to uh, we got to throw together a plan for me, Jess, and uh, the lovely Katie Thompson. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Rosé trio. Uh, do, you need, uh, do you need a driver? Nope. I'll, I'll be the DD on that one. <laughs> We're good. Thanks. Sure, need, if you want to pay, you can I was going to say, how yeah. about I just pay? Yeah, that's fine. Right. That's great. But I'm not yeah. call, but I'm not calling ahead with my credit card. I have to actually physically be there. You can uh, wait in the car. <laughs> you can have monkey run it in. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, no. Once Katie gets home on that, on that home, uh, waiting for her to get home from work, and once she finally does. We're all yours. Oh, all right, my God. You guys you guys are going to be dismantled by 2 p.m. I love it. At, at like, <laughs> Abe and Louie's or something like that. <laughs> no. Um, uh, all right, guys. Jessica, great to talk to you, and happy birthday, Danielle. Thank all right, you. All right, happy birthday, Danielle. Thanks, baby. All right. There she is, Jessica Reyes. <laughs> love her. Who should be on television. She, she should, should be on the news. Really? And she is news smoke. Is she news smoke number one on the show? or who? I mean, do we, we don't want to rank them. I mean, yeah, no. you can't. We have a there, pool. Katie's, we have a, pool, a collective pool of news smoke. Katie's right up there. Yeah, she's, Natasha. A, she, she's a main native, Natasha. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no. so I just want to see a kiss off. There's, there's a, well, LB, and that's LB a little made bit. It weird. I mean, that LB made it weird. But, I, but there are uh, a lot of people weird. that share your sentiments. <laughs> they're, like, they're like best buds. Like, they haven't been out dismantled together. And We're not no, making out in no, the bathroom no. having a pillow fight. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to dispel the myth. I, I got that in my head, but I was just thinking maybe at the bar in a pinch of 11. This is Jim. Hello, Jim. Hello, Greg. How hey, you doing? What's going on? Not much. Hi, LB. Hi, Danielle. Hi. What's up, Jim? So I just wanted to talk about the flag um, incident that the, the, the anthem, the anthem, about. the coach, the anthem. Uh, yes, go ahead. Yes. Um, so I, I totally agree with him. I think that people nailing to the flag, the reason why we have that flag and have the right to protest is because of that flag. And if we're going to, you know, disrespect that privilege, it's basically... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.